Welcome back in 12 o'clock hour on a Monday. Monday. It's, it's the Bill Michaels Show. It's Ben and Ebo in for Bill today. $1.50. Grant Bills and myself. Aaron Rodgers flashback card with $1.50. Unbelievable. Well, I, maybe a couple more <laughs> NFC Championship game wins and it was worth more. I found a Aaron Rodgers card worth some money. $1.50. Unbelievable. Oh, God. Dave from Monona's chimed in again. He said, real men do not grocery shop in the morning before work. <laughs> real First of all, grow up. People go to the grocery store all the time. Yeah. And then he keeps talking about this Jenny Craig thing. Whatever. That, that is what it is. Uh, Grant Bills and I will be in for the rest of the week talking a lot of Brewers. Allegedly. The state of the team, something I wanted to get to today that we might still get to. If you had to look today and look at expectations when the year started, are the Brewers below? Are they at them or are they above them? Because I think there are interesting arguments to be made in every direction. Well, let me ask you, Ben, as a you know Philadelphia Phillies fan, um, you've, you've known some championships and a lot of playoff appearances and yada, yada, yada. One single championship. Well, I mean, that's a lot compared to the Brewers. When it comes to as a, and when I say outsider, I don't mean like an outsider, but a guy who, you know, grew up Phillies fan, and then you look at the Brewers from a, you know, a thousand yard view here, what was the, what was the perception of the Brewers as a guy outside of Wisconsin? Hmm. Well, my first memory was the 2008 NLDS, mm. um, which enough said. Mm. I, I don't know. It was just always a solid baseball team. Well, it was like a small market. Was it like small market? They're never going to get over the hump, or was it like they'll surprise you once in a while, or just they're like losers? No, my thought always was in the mid 2010s. I was always impressed at their offensive power, and then it was always the team to me because I was a big fantasy baseball player. It was that team that had just not a starting rotation that could do it when you had Zach Davies starting opening days for them. Hey, so, he won. I know you're going to say get that out of your vocabulary, but he won 15 games one year for the Brewers. Uh, 15 <laughs> games with a 4-4. <laughs> like, again. It, true. And the offense would always show up big for Zach Davies. The offense was good, but I always viewed them as, a you know, the Prince Fielder, Ryan Braun teams. They could always hit the hell out of the baseball. Yeah, they could never pitch. They just couldn't really pitch. Now you can pitch like crazy. You just can't hit the hell out of anything. Yeah, they have not been hitting well. But the expectation thing's interesting because I think where I stand today, I would argue they have precisely met. Pretty much every expectation. Well, that's kind of, isn't that sad, though? Because you look at this team and you have such good arms and you look at the Brewers and we've been to the playoffs now, you know, four years in a row. Five, you're, you're looking to go some more. But at what point do you say to yourself, all right, for an organization that had never really been to the playoffs at all, now you're getting there. When are you going to start getting over the hump? I mean, the Kansas City Royals won the World Series. They're a small market club. Why can't the Brewers... You know, with this arm talent they have, find a way. How can you not have anyone hitting over, like, what's the biggest average on the team right now? Like, 250? Like, how can, how can you not have a, one hitter who can actually hold his weight? You thought you had a Christian Yelich, but you don't. How can you not have one hitter? Like, what are expected? I'm sick of just getting to the playoffs and being like, oh, great, we made it to the playoffs. Now we're going to be bounced. Uh, be, be thankful that we got in. I'm done with that. I'm sick of that. I'm over it. I guess the interesting thing is, you don't have any hitters that are tearing the cover off the ball, but the sum of all the parts, I would argue, is right where we thought it would be. And there are asterisks there with the injuries, but in terms of overall team production, they're in the top 10 to 12 in baseball in a lot of categories. Like They haven't been the most atrocious thing we've ever no, seen. No, 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 no. But a lot of those big nights have come against the Pirates, and they came against the Reds, and they came against the Cubs. And we have seen, we obviously saw the losing streak, but we have seen stretches of really poor baseball. So 
I guess while I expected maybe more from Willie Adamas, definitely I expected uh, Hunter Renfro has been good. He's, he's, he's been hurt, hurt twice now. I expected a little more from McCutcheon, though he's getting hot. I expected a lot more from Colton Wong. Rowdy Telez is interesting because when he's on, he looks unstoppable, and then he'll just go into a big funk. But the sum of all the parts, I think, is right where we thought it would be. It's fine. It's not anything special, and it's still a question. It's still somewhere where, yeah, they need to add there. But I, I guess my question to the public is, and it's been this for weeks, is one bat, is if you add Josh Bell to this lineup and figure out the defense, which probably makes the defense worse and the team doesn't need that, but does Josh Bell move the needle for this team? Does one more hitter do that? <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. I don't even think they're in a good enough spot to do that. So I've seen a lot of people bring up in the last couple of days and weeks. What if they would go trade Josh Hader? Which I've always said, no, you, you cannot do that. No, there is something beautiful about having an untouchable closer. And Devin Williams could, in theory, be that. But then what happens to the eighth inning? Are you going to trust Br- Brad Boxberger every time? We saw him fold. You know who's somebody you could trade is Brandon Woodruff. He's getting older. He's he's the older guy on the staff. He's a guy that could bring you something. I know it would hurt, but you still have got a Corbin Burns. You got a Freddie Peralta coming back off the IL. A Brandon Woodruff is a guy that could potentially trade. You're not going to be able to pay all of these guys big money because it's going to be Burns. It's going to be Woody. It's going to be Hater, like you just said, coming up here. So how a small market like the Brewers? How are you going to pay all these guys and still bring in some like a, a stick or something? But are they at the point where you would trade? Or would you trade four? That's what's tough for me because this is still a roster that. Well, I feel like now you right now you buy. You have to buy, but what is I? The buying is going to look like one or two middle relief arms. They're probably going to yeah. be pretty good and, be a, and pitch well. It'll be a thirty-year-old, thirty-one-year-old reliever who's got an ERA around three. The Brewers have done it every year for the past couple of years, and then they'll they'll milk him as much as he can, and then you'll probably be ousted in the first round of the playoffs. But because the offense will go stagnant. I guess my point is, even if you go buy somebody... They'll lose like 2-1 to one each game in the playoffs. When that offense goes stagnant, I don't know if there's one person that can come save it unless his name is Shohei Otani or Mike Trout. <laughs> Bring him in. So that's what's tough about this team <laughs> because some would say they have fallen short of expectations given the last 10 games as a microcosm of it. There have been stretches of really poor play. Some would say they've risen above expectations because there are injuries all across the field. They've been playing without Peralta most of the year. They played without Woodruff for a month. Adamas, Renfro, McCutcheon, all those guys have been down. Yelich has shown a little bit from the leadoff spot. But I land right in the middle, and I'm torn, honestly, on what I want them to do. They need to go get bullpen arms if they want to compete. But whether there is the big ticket move out there, I don't think it is right now. But would I give away a a Woodruff or a hater and try to bolster the farm system to get talent in the future? Like, yeah, that could work out in the future. But at that point, Burns might not be there anymore. You hope he is. But you don't know what the rotation's going to look like. You probably won't get this generational great starting pitching. And then is that offense enough? You might just go back to 2014. You might switch the exact other way where you have Braun and Fielder and a great lineup, but then arms that can't get it done enough. Dude, did you see over the weekend, it was, uh, I think, from the Saturday game, it was the picture of Rowdy Telez at first base standing right by Daniel Vogelback, and it said, like, this is peak physical male body. That was beautiful. It v- was Vogelback went deep again. <sighs> I know. Off of uh, Chichi Gonzalez yesterday. What a picture, though. Rowdy Telez, big boy, 6'3". Daniel Vogelback, what is he, like, 5'11", 6 feet? He is thick. He's like the reincarnation of Chris Farley. 
Uh, that is a purebred Midwest body right there. And I, I think he's from, is he from Florida? He he looks like a Wisconsinite. Yeah, he looks like he would fit. Uh, someone asked how many former Brewers were on that Royals championship winning team. Oh, you had, you know, Lorenzo Cain, notable. Yes. There's a lot of them. Lorenzo Cain is one. I I just pulled it up. I'm trying to find. Now, some of these names I might not know necessarily. No, they were the riddled top. with a bunch of Brewers. So, but I, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Bill and myself, about because the Brewers have zero position players in the All Star game. They have two pitchers, uh, Corbin Burns and <clears throat> Josh Hader. The last time a team went out and won the World Series without star power like the Brewers have in a situation similar, it was the 2014 Giants. They had one All Star. Well, that's when they would do it every other year. When they yeah. Win, yeah. Tim, yeah, their last the World freak Series. The freak. When they beat the Royals. In the World Series, when Bumgarner came in and had that crazy Game 7 performance, even Buster Posey at that point was not an all-star. So they are the team that's shown it it can be done, but I don't know if this Brewers team necessarily has the makeup that that one did. It's interesting. They're at a really weird crossroads. They're kind of stuck in the middle you don't want to be, where you would rather be almost a team that knows they're not going to do it and can trade away their big pieces and build a, a roster for the future or a team that is right in the mix, in the thick of it. I, the Cardinals I might even bring up. Like, they have the firepower. They know they probably need an arm in the rotation. It's tougher where the Brewers are because so many things are good but not great that you can't just point to one area except for center field and say that's exactly what it needs to be. Well, I know it's a long season, too, and you you go through the roller coaster you know, ride of the emotions, the up and downs, and right now you're a little down. Um <laughs> You know, it's 162 games. It's so easy to get caught up in the minutia of it all. And again, seasons do come down to one game sometimes, which, you know, as Brewers fans or an extra game against the Cubs. But other times, Ben, it's just fun to like right now in the doldrums a little bit with the Brewers. But I guarantee you after the All-Star break, there'll be a time we're riding high. We'll think everything's going to be hunky-dory again. You just hope, and this is happens in baseball all the time, that it, you hope a team gets hot in the playoffs. And that happens for all sports, football, basketball, baseball. Just get hot at the right time. I do think the offense is going to heat up once we get past the all-star break. Willie Adamas, you look at and Adam McCalvey had a good article on this. You look at some of the numbers. He should be like for how he is hitting the baseball. His numbers should look a lot better than they do. Mm. He's obviously hit a lot of home runs, but in terms of that batting average and on base, his production doesn't necessarily reflect how well he's hitting the baseball. And I mentioned it, but that weird thing with Telez, like they, they have the horses up and down that when they're hot, they could go and beat anybody. But I would a trade for Ben attendee do the difference from Kansas city. I'd probably say no. I joked on Sunday when everyone was freaking out the Saturday game is what we focused on a bit with the Woodruff poll, but that Sunday game, I, I joked around on Twitter. I said, Oh, if David Stearns had been not cheap and traded for Ben attendee already, then the bullpen wouldn't have given up five runs in four innings. <laughs> and Severino would have caught that strike for more narrow ball from Eric Lauer. But it's tough. Um, where are your expectations for the Brewers? We'll hear from the people. 877-867-1670. Have they fallen below? Are they at them? Have they risen above up to this point in the season? You hope that... Well, the, the first place in the NL Central, I mean, what uh, the question would be, what more do you want? If you're first place in the NL Central, what more do you want? What more would be the offense being more consistent? Agreed, but still, I would again retort, you're first place in the NL Central. Like I'm a little perturbed with the Brewers too when it comes to offensively, and you just lost the the series to the Pirates or tied because of four game set, then lost to the Cubs and the Pirates. But what more do you want? 
it's their first place. You can't go up above first place in North Central, can you? That's a very fair question. I think the uh, what we saw in the last 10 games could be a microcosm for people's disappointments. That at times when they're cold, they're really cold. You look at that couple weeks when Craig Council was yeah. a win away from passing Phil Garner, and it took him two so, weeks. Is, is that what more do you want? You just want to you want to beat the hell out of teams. You want to be like you know smashing home runs. You want to win like eleven to nothing. Is that is that the expectation? Like, well, many would bring up the fact that they don't do small ball well and they don't bunt very often. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, but again, if you're first place in the NL Central and you're feeling a, like a lot left to be desired, like how? What more would you want then? Is it you just want home runs? You want big blowout games because Ben last time I checked if you win a game two to one or if you win a game 20 to one it still counts the same in the win column yeah no I, I I'm with you I agree it's the consistency thing for me yeah but that's little, and I get the consistency that's I nitpicking yeah. I, I guess you would hope that their lead at this point was larger than two and a half given the opportunities they have constantly to play horrible teams yeah well but then they, you know, the Cardinals they can't help themselves either though yeah shout out the Phillies though all you guys are welcome. Taking Phillies. the first two out of three. Yeah. One more coming up tonight. Take that, Joe Girardi. But yeah, right now the Brewers do sit ninth in Major League Baseball in OPS. They are now the is average. Top five for dingers. I gotta look. Uh, the average obviously is not as great. They're down at twenty two, but they the production is there. It's just not a consistent production. Um, I I lost the home run thing. Yeah, I'll get it. I gotta got come. Yeah, on. number four. They're number four in baseball in home runs. So it's it's really just about all of it clicking. Um, Moves will be made, but I am at kind of a crossroads, though. I could hear arguments that the team as a whole in the roster might not be good enough, and maybe training somebody for a complete haul would work, right? Like, are you sure that without Hayter, Devin Williams and Brad Boxberger couldn't fill that role? Like, I don't want them to trade Hayter, but I think it's a valid thing to bring up at this point. Like, if you have, if you have the best at what they do at the position, why would you trade them? When you're first place, if the, you have if you have the best guy at what he does, why wouldn't you keep him? The case would be now. I I agree. I don't want him traded, but the case would be because then you could actually get some sort of impact player on the defensive so, side and the offensive side, and you already have a horse or two to fill that role. Which I get, but at the same time, you know what you have in Josh Hader. That's the best at the position, and then. We saw this story come up a couple uh, weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and now I saw it uh, taking its rounds again when the Brewers went and got Jackie Bradley Jr. Hmm. Remember how bad Jackie Bradley Jr. was with the Milwaukee Brewers? He was terrible. Ben, what was the story that came out a couple weeks ago about Jackie Bradley Jr., who, by the way, is now tearing it up? The story was he needed eye surgery. He needed eye surgery. While he was with the Milwaukee Brewers, they thought it was you know his swing. He wasn't insert anything here. Come to find out after multiple the doctor appointments, he needed eye surgery. And now he's, he got eye surgery and he's tearing it up. Like, and that's an extreme case, obviously, but you can go look at like getting prospects or getting some guys, some dudes don't work out in new scenery. Sometimes, a lot of times, prospects don't pan out how they should be. Why would you give away, or not give away, but trade away the best at the position of Josh Hader for a gamble when you already have the sure thing in your pocket? I agree. I, no, I'm with you. I don't think they should. Um, I just think there is an argument for... I, there could be something there that, that could be considered. Devin Williams, you, you look at Hayter, 1.88 ERA, and he has struggled a little bit as of late. Really, since that blown save when the streak ended, there have been a couple shaky starts. You had the disaster against Chicago yeah. with the inside-the-park home run off the wall. But Devin Williams is sitting with a 1.93 ERA. 
Brad Boxberger, despite the troubles this weekend, still at 2.45. I would not trade him, but I think there is a valid conversation to be had about where this team stands. We've had this conversation so many times every year about Hater. It's like... It's July. I know. It happens every single year. It's like the Packers going into November. How can they fix their special teams? Oh, put more starters there. Maybe maybe it's a bigger issue. Mm. All right. 877-867-1670. Where are you at on the Brewers? We'll talk about that more coming up next. We'll hear a little bit from uh, Josh Hader and Corbin Burns about the All-Star game, plus a little bit of Packers stuff. Uh, Mm. There are some thoughts about where this roster stands, where the questions are, where the confidence is. We'll get into that coming up. It's Ben and Ebo in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All aboard! Welcome back. Bill Michaels show. Ben and Ebo in for Bill. 877-867-1670. Yep. Rocking the phone calls this segment. Uh, if you want to chime in, do it. Let's go to Brady line one. Brady, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? You Fantastic, know, baby. It's a Monday. Can't complain. I'm not pushing daisies, so it's a good day. <laughs> I love it. Dude, hit us with your Brewers take, man. Expectations on the crew. How are we feeling about them right now as the All-Star break's coming up? Oh, God. I mean, I've been a huge Brewers fan uh, my whole life, um, just watching them. Back in 2011 when they won the, uh, the NL Central, you know, Cardinals all of a sudden come in. They won the wild card. They end up, you know, winning the World Series. Um, they played the Nationals back in, I think, 2019 yep. um, when they lost to them in the wild card round. Both those teams win the World Series. Um, you get swept by the Dodgers, I believe, in 2020. They go out. I think they ended up winning it. So yep. I, I think I think we're right there. Um, we're losing to the team that's hot. And even, like, talk about the Packers, 2010. They were the hot team. They had the wild card, too. So, I mean, with this new playoff format, you got six teams that are that are making the, the playoffs. you got three division winners and then three wild card. It, it just is going to come down to them being hot. Um, as long as Woody comes back, um, he starts getting back into form. Freddie comes back, I think, towards the end of August after the All-Star break, and he's going to have to have two or three um, outings uh, for rehab. And then it's going to come down to them being hot. Bullpen, hopefully Hader kind of gets back into his form as well uh, with Williams and Boxberger. I think they got a chance, but like you guys said, about just being hot, being being hot at the right time, and that's, that's just what it's going to have to take. So here's my struggle, is that uh, the lineup, it goes without saying, as we've talked about, They just have to be clicking at the right time. And last year, it was the exact wrong time for them to reach the playoffs. For me in the rotation, though, like you mentioned Freddie Peralta, he's going to need some starts back before he is back to full Freddie Peralta mode. I still am not confident that that will necessarily happen until I see it, given the length that he has been out. You know, I I can't just say that he's going to come back and be him again and be dominant when they get to the playoffs. When I look at the rotation, it's like, yeah, the offense needs to do its thing or they're not going to win. I don't know if they have enough horses at the top of the rotation with how things are lined up right now to go beat a great team in a five-game series. Like, you need at least three great starters to go win these five-game series. Right now, they have two. 
I thought Eric Lauer could go and be one, and he really has not been up to par really for the last month, month and a half. And then if Jason Alexander, Chi-Chi Gonzalez, no, no. if any of them start a playoff game, you're oh, losing. I was going to say it. I, was, I thought you were going to suggest that they should. No, 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 no. Hell no. No, but where I'm at right Brady. now is like this team might need another arm in the rotation just to be able to set up the offense to do well. Brady, I always like asking people this when they talk Brewers. Do you think in your lifetime they'll win the World Series? <laughs> Such a sad way to put it. Oh, God. I, I just struggle with, with the MLB, just with the payrolls. I mean, you see these teams like the Dodgers are spending two to upwards of $300 million on their guys, and they can have these guys that yeah. that get injured. And you, the Brewers, you go out, I mean, you bring Yelich on this huge contract, and you're tied to him now for several years. Um, they got Freddie on a good deal. But, I mean, there's just no, there's no wiggle room for a mistake here. And all of a sudden – Right now, I think you got to buy now. Um, yeah. I don't know how their prospects are really looking, but you, you need to bring in a bat or two. Relief's looking fine. You just got to cross your fingers and hope that the, the starting pitching steps up and, and is, is rocking it come playoff time. Yeah, I always had this uh, in my morning show is what would happen first in our lifetime. They would, the government would admit that there's aliens or the Brewers would win the World Series. <laughs> I went with the aliens. <laughs> Or Ebo does like day. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's twice a week, Brady. Um, I went with aliens, Brady. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I, I think I might be in the same boat as you, Ebo. And we'll see, you guys. But, hey, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Right. Thanks, Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good day. Hey, yeah. well, the Brewers will win the World Series. The aliens will come down and say we've been Brewers fans the whole time. It'll, same day. Same night. Ugh. I don't know what world that is in, but... The, was, the bizarre one we live in now. I would love to live in it. Who knows? All right, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Back to the phones. Corey, what's up, dude? Corey, how are you doing? Signing uh, in again on this question. Yeah, we're Evo, doing. What's that? No, I say you said how we're doing. I like we are currently oh. doing. That's probably the most Sorry. I could say. I I did kind of run over the uh, the response there, so apologize. Now go ahead. What's on your mind? Once a month. Um. So hey, oh yeah, Brewers. Evil. You asked the question about. Um, expectations or what do you want to see? Um, you know, I'm not expecting to blow teams out every game. I think one of the main things is just like the eye, the eye test. I don't know. It's not easy to quantitate or put in the metrics, which I get yeah. is not uh, the preference nowadays. But well, do you know why it's perfect? Actually, it's because it cannot be quantified. No one can really argue. No one can say you're wrong. Like I, like I could say today, you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't really pass the eye test. And while he has a lot of success, no one could ever prove me wrong because it's my eye test that only likes Aaron Rodgers' perfect delivery, that doesn't like Patrick Mahomes' thing. I don't believe that, but that's an example. That's a very good point, Ben. And so the the thing that kind of gets on my nerves, like it's clean baseball. Like, that's what I want to see. I guess that's the term I keep going back to. And the, the reference point I use a lot is the Cardinals, right? And it's not saying the Cardinal way or anything like that, but it seems to me it feels like that when a mistake is made when you're playing the Cardinals, the Cardinals typically will capitalize on that mistake. When you may have a a ball thrown away or a stupid defensive play (laughs) or they take an extra base when they need to and then they somehow make that into a run or two that at the end of the game you look back, you're like, that was a pivotal place. In the game, do you know what I'm saying, kind of? Yeah, well, Corey, Corey, I think you're a little jaded sense. because you were at the uh, game Saturday against the Pirates and the Brewers lost. I think oh, you're a little I'm sorry jaded. to hear that. Yeah, so <laughs> that's kind of where I come from on that standpoint. It's like that's what I want to see more of this team. Like I think they have enough talent, but then you also made a good point that it feels a bit like they're in the middle here. 
or a bit like in purgatory. It's like, well, okay, are they good enough to go really for the whole well, gambit here? Or are where are they actually at, even though they are in first place? And, like, I totally get that. But, like, so we've seen that in the NBA where a team, like, okay, they're good enough to make the playoffs. But the eight seed bucks really, can't for years. Can't you kind of Corey? Exactly. Corey, you're a that's, little older than I, it. not to age you or anything. You're a little older than I. I'm not sure how yeah. uh, a previous caller, how old he was, but Corey, um, aren't the brewers now that they've been quote unquote good, aren't they always kind of stuck in purgatory it because feels like that. they're a team that like they're good enough to get to the playoffs. The NL central also a product of the NL central being down, but Mark Adonazio and the, and you know, the, the organization doesn't want to spend a lot of money. Therefore you're stuck in, self purgatory you put yourself in purgatory because that's where you want to be so i'll be coming up on 45 here in a week so like i was just old enough to thanks to barely remember them in the world series in 82 and then and like so for the whole 80s that's exactly where it was like they would be really fun to watch they had paul Mahler, robin young jim gander these are all names that are meaningless to you guys maybe evil you might kind of recognize them but oh i know the names like, i just right didn't really watch them play no, I get it. Well, you weren't born yet then, so that's, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Then. I'll give <laughs> you a tough. pass on that. So, like, they threw their first no-hitter back then. You had Juan Avis, you had Teddy Aguirre, you had all these players where you're like, man, it feels like they should be just right about there. And, like, they also were playing the AL East at that time. So, like, they were going up head-to-head against the Yankees, and there was less number of, you know, teams in the playoffs at that point. Like, they could win 90-plus games, and, like, you wouldn't even make the playoffs at all. So, like, you're it's a bit of a difficult comparison to make between the two, but like then you went through the nineties and it was just like they were complete trash. Yeah. They had no chance and for most of the two thousands. So like see I think they're content with being where they are because they still sell gear. They have top fifteen uh, top ten attendance. You have uh people then you know selling more tickets for playoffs. They make a little bankroll and they say, All right, successful season. Organization, we made money on the books, we're good. I think they're content with being right there. And so if that's the case, then that is the definition of being in a purgatory of a team because, like, the. But is that a, is that a bad is, thing? Yeah, right? it, it's, yeah it, it's, it's hard to call that a purgatory. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible because the reason why we go watch these games is not for, like, like the, you want to have an endpoint, right? Like, every year you're saying, you know, you want to have at least some sort of a chance to for your team that you root, root for to have a championship at the end, at least. You know, unless you're just going to some throw-off game in the middle of summertime where they're playing a trash team and, yeah. you know, you're just going for entertainment purposes. I don't know how if that makes sense, what I'm saying, but, like, yeah. you want to have, like... Yeah, everything little, except for college football because it's yeah. impossible there. <laughs> well, exactly. So, like, if that's the case, that's probably one of the worst places to be as a, as a fan because then you're spending money and, like, you're buying all the merchandise, you're going all these gimmicks that they have, like a bobblehead every other weekend... So, like, really, what's the point other than just having an interlude between Packers seasons, basically? Yeah, so right? Interlude. I like that. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, and I'm there as well. Here's my problem. They're not right. in purgatory because they perenni- they're perennially in the playoffs. They have a roster cool. that's good enough. This is my yep. problem is when I look at where they can maybe get better, where could they make a big move to push the needle – I can use the same word to describe seven of their nine consistent starters. And that oh, word is fine. I can yep. go up and down the okay. lineup. Rowdy Telez is fine. Colton Wong, I, he hasn't had a good year, but he's fine. Willie Adamas at this point, like, yeah, he's he's been solid. But I would still say in the grand scheme of things, he's been fine. Jace Peterson, Arias, whoever's playing third, 
fine. I go down the line. I bleed off Yelich, playing better, but still, it's not going to blow you away. He's fine. It's not like they have one crazy deficiency that one move can just go put them over the hump and get them to that point. I just think they are so across the board better than average, but not spectacular that that's where their tough spot comes from. Okay, I, I get what you're saying, but also look around the NL Central. The NL Central is down. Like every team, the Pirates stink. The Cubs, ever since they won the World Series, stink. The Cardinals, for some reason, can't get back to their old Cardinals way. I'm not saying they stink, but they're they're a lesser shell of themselves. Are the Brewers, and I'm a Brewers fan, they're good, but are they truly good good, or are they a product of a bad NL Central? What seems to me, and I'll let you guys get going, is that they're just missing like right now, and we would typically think that he should be like a, Christian Yell should be a blue chip player, right? And that's where you're talking about, Ben. I think what I feel like you're getting to. Oh, the point by the way, the Reds are terrible. I forgot to mention. Yeah, <laughs> where you're saying like they're fine across the board, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but like yeah. where the Bucks, where they finally got really awesome, was when they finally got Giannis. Obviously, exactly. They like, need a ceiling mover, but I don't know right. how that can be acquired at this point. Right, and that's and that's where the I think where the the frustration comes in on because like you have this pitching, you look at this pitching, you're like. This pitching's awesome. This is like once-in-a-generation type of starters you all get together at the same time, from my opinion, at least, from a Brewers fan. But, like, you don't have a Nolan Arenado at third base. You don't have a Paul Goldschmidt at first base yep. where they are a needle mover. Let's be honest, right? They would be improvements, in my opinion. Maybe not Nolan Arenado, but I think, I feel Goldschmidt would be an improvement over, even though Rowdy's got an awesome name, I think Goldschmidt would be an improvement over him. Oh, but big like, time. He's the NL MVP at this point. Exactly. So, I mean, that's obviously kind of like an outlandish comparison I'm yeah. making. But, you know, what I'm kind of getting at It's like they don't have a guy where it's like he can just carry a team for like a week or two weeks because that's what Yelich was doing in 18 and 19. And that's what they were expecting from that gigantic contract, obviously, that they gave him to be able to be that guy. Now, the caveat is if all of a sudden, like, him being lead off, like he really all of a sudden starts getting hot for some reason, which we've all been waiting for the last couple of years. He could be that need a mover, right? So there's like that opportunity there to have, like, in my opinion, the guy to go from good to great if they play up to their potential with Yelich because we've seen it before. So yeah. ugh, it's it's a uh, difficult one. That's uh, why it's kind of frustrating as a fan, but. We'll keep watching, and I'll keep rooting for him. And but we'll like, keep partying in that parking lot, baby. Yeah, we'll start keep barking into the abyss too, evil. So. <laughs> I got you. Hey, Corey, appreciate it. Have a good day, guys. See you, Bye. Yeah. Um, uh, along those lines, I, I know you're a fantasy football player, but not a big one. And I'm not here to tell anyone. I was about, say, I don't. I don't care about your. What makes you think I care about your team when I don't even care about my own? Oh, I'm well aware, <laughs> but I'm not here to talk about my team. This is a comparison. Anyone who's ever played fantasy football knows the horrible situation you find yourself in. If you have four solid starters at a spot where you can only start two of them, and then you try to go trade a bunch of them up for one great guy. It's all about in when you play that it's about where can you find the top of the line guys instead of having four to five people that are solid enough to start. That kind of feels like where the brewers are, where your ideal world could be and this. I mean, you could go back to, Christian Yelich in 2018 to see this form, but some possibility of getting rid of a bunch of the fine options like McCutcheon, Peterson, Adamas, and this will never happen, but conceptually, those guys and getting them out, maybe uh, downgrading at those positions a bit to then put an absolute impact back there. They just don't have that one ceiling mover to do it. So, 
Man. I don't know. It's frustrating. Uh, it's it's definitely uh, would, not great. Would we be having this conversation if the Brewers didn't just lose their uh, series against the Pirates? Like, if they beat the Pirates, swept them, we'd be like, World Series bound, baby. Let's go. Can I go back to that entire 10-game stretch and point to it <laughs> and include it? But I guess it's uh, the problems we're seeing. You know, it's the ebbs and flows of a season. You get down, you get up, you know. Yeah. Like when the Bucks went on their championship run, they said, don't get too, too high, don't get too low. Which I kind of have a problem with that for the people that are out there saying but sports radio so. is saying how, how dare you react to like this one baseball game that like matters a little bit. And I, I don't mean to come at people, but that's a very common thing I see thrown out in the ether. We've seen the Brewers miss the game, play us by a game. We've seen it have to go to an extra game to win the NL Central. Like, a, yeah, every game does matter. I also work in sports radio and I it is the summer and we're talking about baseball every day, which means if Craig Council makes a bad move to leave Brandon Woodruff in for too long. Then I'm going to rip Craig Council for it. talk about it. Like, that's how it works. And yes, I understand in the grand scheme of things, they're a good team, but there are still things you see happen. I mentioned the special teams thing with the Packers. Everybody said, stop complaining about the special teams. They're still in first place. Better than the ass. Why did they lose? Because of that. So that's one of those things, the defense, all of it together. Now I'm worked up. All right. Let's take a break then. 877-867. Throw a bucket of cold water on you. 1670. Ben and Ebo, in for Bill Michaels. More coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben and Ebo in for Bill. I will be in with Grant Bills the rest of the week. Bill is back on Monday. A lot of Brewers talk to come. It's it's getting contentious out there. I'm seeing some some Brewers fans coming at each other for Love how it. they should. Yes. And I've yes. seen Grant do this, and I agree with him. Grant is talking to people now about many are just saying that this team has no chance to do anything. And I want to... I guess put a footnote on our entire conversation from today that it is entirely possible that we wake up on September 5th and the team just gets crazy hot, goes to the playoffs and makes a run. Mm. They have a team that's good enough to do it. We're all just nitpicking the things that are, that they've fallen short with. Cause listen, they had a horrible 10 day stretch. They, they went four and six against two of the worst teams in baseball. Is it the end of the world? No. And Maybe. I fully believe that this team can still win a world series if it gets hot. That is not out of the realm of possibility at all. So interesting article up right now at I, and I quote, I firmly believe this team can win the world series if they get hot. Yes, no doubt. What, what now I'm a Brewers fan. And I, every year I say my team's going to win the world series, the super bowl, national championship, yada, yada, yada. What, when have you felt good about the offense of winning in the World Series? When have I felt good? I mean, yes. I mean, if if anything comes to the top of your head, I would ar- I agree. If you get hot at the right time, yes. See, I would say if the pitching could get hot and the offense can do just enough. Now, I don't believe who's batting over two fifty. Well, to me, it's an offense thing, and it's not. Mike Brasso is two ninety three, but he's Mike Brasso Brasso. I don't know how to say his name right. Mike Otani, actually, he is <laughs> lights out on the mound as well. When you ask me when have I felt good, the answer is really never this year. Part of that is the absences of some of the good hitters. Part of that is when one guy starts hitting well, others tend to struggle. But they have the talent there. 
Like when I go up and down the lineup, we've seen really hot stretches from Telez this year. Yeah. He has the ability to do it. Urias has. Willie Adamas. Talk about the eye test. He does pass the eye test for me when I watch him play. The numbers just aren't yeah, there. And I think he'll bring it up. Yelich, put him at leadoff. He's been productive. Hunter Renfro has been one of their best hitters this year. He just hasn't been on the field. Yeah. He has the ability to get hot. Andrew McCutcheon right now is in the middle of a hot streak. Like I have never felt good. I think with where they are right now, and to your point, Ben, like I, I yes, they can get hot and they can do it. And with the injuries they've been battling for these past you know month or so, where they are right now, it's a positive thing. The glass for me is half full. To me, it's half empty today, given what just happened over the weekend. But even though it's half empty, there is still water in it. And with that Sunday lineup, what did you find online? So good article out on Wisconsin sports heroics. And listen, I am not going to read this and say, I completely believe it, but it is thought provoking to say the least. And it brings up, uh, so the brewers go into Sunday's game. The, the question posed is did council just play a power move with the brewers roster? <sighs> so they go into Sunday's game and a lot of the big time hitters on the team were on the bench kind of mysteriously. Uh, you look at it, they played without Yelich. They played without Jace Peterson. There were two others. I'm trying to find. Oh, it was Yelich, Colton Wong, Jace Peterson, and Omar Narvaez. We're all on the bench. Uh, you had guys starting instead of them. They go into the later innings, and Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, nor Josh Hader played. And Eric Lauer, Trevor Gott, they didn't pitch necessarily well. And then Chichi Gonzalez obviously gives up runs at the end. But he went in with, I mean, one of the more subpar lineups I've seen all season. And the pitching lineup that you saw displayed did not really bring any enthusiasm mm. and definitely didn't produce. The question brought is, did Council go into the game yes. with a shell of a lineup Excellent. and choose to put in pitchers that are by no means as effective as their counterparts as a way to show the front office, look, <laughs> this this team needs help. The article headline suggests that Craig Council is a saboteur of Sunday's game to make it noticeable for the front office to bring in help. One, this article and many others Fan site. out there are wondering, is Craig Council playing an elaborate form of chess, of which I am quite good at? Oh, oh. The chess part, not necessarily. Are you, would you start any uh, update of the Queen's Gambit as the King's Gambit then? Uh, Kenny? The Queen's Gambit is a, a move. drastically overrated television show. Hey, oh, it's a good show. I, they didn't show enough chess. Too much drama, not yeah, enough chess. Yeah, if you wanted chess. to fall asleep. I, well, I'm one of those chess nut jobs. I'm a former national champion in sixth grade. Look at this Look at this self-gloss here. But yeah, buddy. People ask, is Craig Council out here playing chess while the rest of the managers and maybe even the Brewers front office are merely playing some form of, of war with, with, tele, with, with cards where the outcome is already decided before you start? Well, Benjamin, I would say if Craig Council's playing chess with this, then what is David Stearns doing? Because that dude is absolutely electric at what he's able to do. I would say he's the supreme chess master. And Craig Council, I don't know. Well, uh, the, well the point would be he hasn't done anything. All right, the deadline is in the beginning of August, so yeah. he has time. But he hasn't really done anything yet, minus the moves that were made entering the season. He hasn't done anything significant yet to bolster the team. I don't really believe that Greg Council would ever do this, but it's interesting. It is. I, I just love how we're in the doldrums of summer, and there's like, <laughs> did Craig Council sabotage the Brewers on Sunday to prove something to David Sturds? 
Uh, if you want to watch some good chess, go watch. Uh, you a Bond kind of guy? A what? James Bond. Bond. I, I enjoy it. Uh, Sean Connery, Doctor No, the next one from Russia with Love. Yep. There's some there's some chess. I've seen some it. chess connotations in there, Benjamin. So I'm I, I'm pulling up the exact pitching lineup the Brewers precisely displayed. I love it. We're in the middle of summer. There's we're almost at the All Star break, and the article is: Did Craig Council sabotage the Brewers to <laughs> to shine a light on problems for the front office? Listen, listen. That's I like that. I like that person. Eric Lauer started the game, and he's been one of their better starters. That was no surprise. Trevor Gott comes in next. He is a 4-3-9. Done pretty well at not letting inherited runners score. He had a hot stretch earlier, but he gives up two runs in an inning. Then they go to Joel Gustav, 4.05 ERA. Then they go to Brent Suter, Gustave. the the professional run allower from the bullpen. The Four, human white flag. I, I would not say that. I've never said that. <laughs> 4.41. Then they go to Chichi Gonzalez to close the game. He that ends up the human giving up two more runs. He has a 6.87. One would wonder if this was done to show the front office that they need help in the bullpen, which I think everyone with eyes can see. But no, it's interesting. We're going to talk about that more coming up. 877. 877- 867-1670. Going to step away here. More on the Brewers, a little bit on the Packers, all coming up next. And some big NFL news. Yeah. A stadium is no longer called what many have known it to be. We'll get to that coming up. It's Ben and Ebo in for Bill Michaels. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. back in you've seen arrested development i have seen the first episode oh, this song reminds me of joel you gotta watch it i've seen the banana stand episode There's... and then i stopped watching dude it's brilliant i've heard it's great i don't really get into those tv shows i have a Sit cycle down? of three. Oh, i would be remiss if i did not mention uh paulie walnuts oh r.i.p to paulie walnuts r.i.p actually S- soprano is oh. one of the best shows ever I, I i need to go find the line but i was, I was one of my friends uh, does a line of interior design and we're out. We, we were all out on Friday night and it was right after the news had broke that he had passed away mm. and I could not get the line out of my head of him and Chrissy in the woods. <laughs> when Tony, <laughs> when Tony said the guy, he, he killed 16 Czechoslovakians. He was part of the interior <laughs> ministry. And Paulie goes, Chris, Chrissy, you'll never believe this. The guy, Killed 16 Czechoslovakians. He was an interior decorator. <laughs> Couldn't get over it. This is Paulie Walnuts. What a character. Uh, so good. I, I might go find that line. The other one I love, and I can't play this because there's profanity, but the snakes about how snakes have both sides of reproductive organs. Yeah. So how can you trust a guy who can literally go F himself? <laughs> That's hey. why you call a guy you can't trust a snake. Go eat some gabagool tonight for Paulie Walnuts. Uh, right. I love it. All right. We'll be back. Ben and Ebo in for Bill Michaels. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.